there. I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 79. This week, I want to talk about learning from life, strewing, record keeping, and working together as a family. Now, all these things tie in with music video making. I'm rather conscious that I have been talking a lot about making music videos for my daughter Imogen and also posting photos and other things on social media. And I thought to myself, perhaps there's something else that I can speak about because people might be getting fed up of hearing about what we've been doing. The only problem is that Imogen's music videos are taking up quite a lot of our week at the moment. They are part of our everyday life. This is what we're doing as a family at the moment. So I hope you're not going to get fed up as I talk about the latest music video because I want to talk about some unschooling things as I describe the last week and what we've been doing together as a family. I hope you're going to find that interesting. Now last week I told you that we had filmed the music video, the song Lock Lomond, a duet between my daughter Imogen and my husband Andy. And that's why it was special, because they've never sung together in a video. They've done a lot of singing together, and we have recorded a few impromptu videos with all the family singing, such as at Easter and at Christmas. But this was the first official music video between the two of them. I think my husband was a little bit nervous, on publication day, which was last Wednesday. I think he wondered what people would think of his singing. Was he good enough? Did his voice compliment Imogen's, or did he actually spoil the video for her? Well, I don't think he needed to have worried about it, because he got quite a lot of nice, encouraging comments. People did like watching him and hearing him singing with Imogen. Now, what I think is so special about this video is that... The relationship between father and daughter shines out from their performance together. A few people commented on this on Facebook. They could also see the love between Imogen and Andy and the fun they were having together on camera. Quite often, we don't see things until we actually view the finished video. Of course, we have fun on the day filming and we're all very relaxed with each other. But it's only later on when we put the video together that some things really stand out, such as the relationship between Andy and Imogen. Now, I know that Imogen gets on very well with her dad, but it was very special to see that in a video. And I guess this leads into the thought that unschooling really does foster close relationships between parents and children. I would like to do an interview with my children and ask them about their relationship with their father, my husband, Andy. I think that would be very interesting. So I might do that as a blog post or maybe even record it as a podcast. But for today, I just want to add some observations of my own. Working together. I think unschooling has given us the opportunity to develop our own talents and to share them with other members of our family, and to do wonderful things together. And that has brought us all very close together. 
Some of us have shared passions, Andy, Charlotte, Sophie and Imogen, as well as my other children that have left home already. They all sing together. The only non-singers in the family are my son Duncan and me. I can't sing a note. But the others all share a love of music. Some of them belong to two choirs. They're always practicing together. Music really has been a wonderful blessing in our family. I really love watching all my family perform together, helping each other with music, not just on performance days, but the behind-the-scenes stuff where they help each other practicing. Where Imogen gets on the piano and the others get their pieces of music and she takes them through new pieces of music as they're trying to improve their singing. So as I said, it is very special watching the collaboration of Andy with Imogen as they've been working on the music video. But that's not the only things that my family work together on. I said last week that I spent the official school holidays publishing my new children's novel, The Angels of Gumtree Road. I also said that I wanted to tell you about it, but then for some reason I forgot and, and it was only when I was listening to the recording later on that I realized that I never got back to that topic. But I could never have published that novel without the help of my family. Yes, I wrote it, but all my family listened to the stories. They gave their suggestions. They did a lot of editing for me. Charlotte drew the illustrations for this book. The print versions only have grayscale illustrations, but the Kindle version has colored illustrations, and they look fabulous on an Android tablet and also on my iPod. We're hoping that they also look good on Kindle Fires and iPads. We haven't got any of those, but I don't see any reason why they don't look good on them. For the regular Kindle, they're coming out as black and white. But Charlotte spent many, many hours drawing those illustrations for me. Imogen spent many hours formatting my book for Kindle and also for Lulu. And we still have the Amazon print version to do, but she's working on that as well. My husband, Andy, also helped with the formatting. So publishing my book has been a real family affair. While I'm recording this podcast, Imogen and Sophie and Gemma Rose are having one of their weekly Writers' Circle meetings. Imogen is helping the girls with their writing. They planned their NaNoWriMo novels together. Now they're reading each other's novels and offering suggestions about how they can be improved. They're talking about editing techniques. It's another way in which we are sharing talents. And then the girls help my husband Andy with his schoolwork. Quite often Charlotte will design a graphic for him or help him with an animation. We'll help him with the music for maybe a disco or a concert. Sophie is helping Imogen with her videography and photography to promote Imogen's videos. We're all working on social media together. There's a lot of things that we do together that we couldn't do if we didn't all club together, share our talents. And while we're sharing talents and spending time together, we're enjoying each other's company and having a lot of fun. And yeah, I think that does bring us close together. I was thinking the other day when I was planning this podcast that it's not only working on enjoyable things that draws families together, maybe working on things which are hard work and maybe even unpleasant, 
maybe they're the type of things that draws families the closest. And I'm thinking of when we had to move from rental house to rental house. We have lived in a lot of different homes and every so often, sometimes even every six months, we had to move house, pack up all our belongings, clean up the house that we were living in, set out for the new one. And many times we didn't want to do that. It was out of our control, so we had to. But every time we had each other, we all reassured each other that we would find a new home, that the next house we would settle into, we would make it our home, that we would be happy there, that we would get all the cleaning done and all the packing up done and the moving done. And even though it was extremely hard work and a worry at times, the satisfaction afterwards was very, very great. We'd sit down in our new home and smile at each other and say, hey, we did it. We did all that hard work, everything paid off. Yeah, of course we're exhausted now, but but there are many fruits to doing hard things together. I can remember one occasion when we had to move yet again, and I was trying to be very positive about it, and I said to a friend, oh look, moving always brings us close together, it's good to do things together as a family. And he said to me, well perhaps you could just go on holiday together, spend time together. That would bring the same sort of benefits, don't you think? You don't have to move house so often. Well, we didn't have any choice as far as the moving went. But yes, holidays and enjoyable things, the friend was right. We generate a lot of happy family memories. But the moving and the hard work, nothing really beats that. Now one day last week, Imogen, Sophie and I, we walked up to the village cafe to have a business meeting. That sounds rather grand, doesn't it? But Imogen's music videos... She wants to be successful. This is her job at the moment. She has the opportunity to spend time while she is at home, while we're helping to support her, to try and succeed at her dream. And that is her dream of becoming a successful online musician. And of course, she has to approach that job professionally. She can't just wander from one thing to another. We have to focus our energies and our efforts on the things that will give the most chance of success. A lot of those things are to do with social media, getting the word out there about Imogen's music. And so Sophie and I have volunteered to be the main part of Imogen's team to help her with all her various social media accounts, to give her ideas about things that she could post so it's not just making videos. We've got a lot of other things we have to do in between making the videos. We made a bit of a plan while we were sitting in the cafe drinking our coffee. We've got an Evernote notebook. We're all adding our ideas to that. Three people have more ideas than one person. Three people can do more work than one person. So this is a real focus of our time at the moment. Imogen is one of our biggest priorities. We had a good discussion in our not-so-proper unschoolers Facebook group a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, where we were talking about supporting adult children. I've heard a lot of people say that children should be pushed out of the nest at 18. They should be made to be independent. We've done our job. It's up to them now. Out they go. 
and we were talking about how we think that this might be wrong, that our young adult children might need our help a little bit longer. They're still maturing. They still need a little bit of help as they're setting off on their pathway, especially if they're not going to pursue a safe and secure job. If they do have the courage to go out there and continue developing their talents, and if they want to put those talents to use, uh, yeah, follow their dreams. They're going to need some more help from us. Our job isn't over. Maybe we are called to keep on trusting them, to keep on supporting them as best we can. Give them a chance in life. Give them maybe what we didn't have as young adults ourselves. Well, that's what my husband Andy and I are prepared to do for our children. We are prepared to have them at home a bit longer, to continue supporting them with shelter and food, to continue helping them in practical ways, and to encourage them. To say, yeah, you can do this. Go out there and give it a go. And it's not all a one-way thing. Imogen is still contributing to the family. As I just told you, she is sharing her writing skills this morning with her sisters. She contributes to the household chores. She gives music lessons. She helps in many, many different ways. And I think that's what family is all about. We don't give a time limit on our children. If they still need our help, we're willing to give that help. And in return, I'm sure our young adults will continue to want to collaborate with us, share their skills with us, to continue helping their family. Yep, a two-way thing. I was quite surprised the other day to find out that my blog post called Choosing Not to Get a Real Job which is about Imogen and her decision not to get the job that everybody expects her to get, but to keep on working on her music. But that blog post is in my top ten. That wasn't so long ago, oh, only two podcasts ago, I think. The one called Reassessing, Podcast 77. I was telling you about my top ten blog posts. Well, that's all changed. After months and months, maybe even years and years, there have been a number of changes in my top 10 most popular posts. One of my other most popular ones at the moment is Obstacles to Unschooling. And then there's the one about how to deal with our fears and also unschooling critics. It's very interesting seeing what people are reading, what people are thinking about and discussing. Because the blog post called Choosing not to look for a real job has become popular. I wonder, are there a lot of people out there who would like to follow their dreams? Who would really like not to get a real job? Maybe it's something that everybody would like to do. I'd like to tell you about an outing we had last week. I think it was on Thursday. It's to do with our music videos again, but I'm not going to talk specifically about a music video. On Thursday, we decided to go on a picnic, spend a few hours out scouting for possible video locations, have a look around our local area and see if we can find somewhere suitable that we could record a video at. 
I did a bit of Googling online first. I went to a few local tourist information sites to see if I could get a few pointers. Find out if there's any places in our local area that we haven't yet explored. Well, there's a village not too far away, maybe about half an hour's drive away. It's called Barama, and the river runs through it. And there's a walk there. It runs along the river, and it tells a history story. We found out that during World War One, a number of Germans were interned at Barama Jail. They were only confined overnight. Early each morning, they were allowed to leave the jail and they were free to roam where they liked until roll call in the evening. And these people would go down to the river and they used their skills to build huts, concert halls, bathing areas, boats. They constructed a whole village along the two banks of the river. They would have sailing regattas, concerts, they even illegally had a still. They had illegal radios and they, they erected a antenna. They seemed to know where the guards were at all times. They had lookouts. And what they built became a tourist attraction. People used to come from other areas to see all that they had built. Now the villagers and the Germans got on very well together. Very good relationships. Their lives intertwined quite a bit. Now this story is told on a number of signboards along the riverbank. We walked along the river, stopped at each signboard, had a look at the photos, and read the story. Now none of these huts are there anymore. According to different sources, they were either burnt when the Germans left, or they rotted away over time because this story happened over a hundred years ago. I took photos of all the signboards. We also took lots of photos of various places that we passed through along the riverbank. There's some beautiful rocks there, covered in lichen. The wattle is blooming at the moment. There's a sandy area. It looks a little bit like a beach. Some of the settings reminded us of the Lord of the Rings. And Imogen and Sophie started to imagine filming music videos at various points. I think we found at least three locations that we want to return to you to do some recording at. Sophie and I also took a lot of photos for Instagram to share on social media, on Facebook, other places. So we had a very profitable afternoon. We walked the dog at the same time. We stopped for a picnic. We chatted about all these history boards. And later, when we got home, I recorded all this in my Evernote Unscore Records book. We had done a lot of history, a lot of HSIE, a lot of creative arts, because we were taking photos as well, talking about video making. So from a records point of view, it was a profitable day. I added all my signboard photos to a note, I added other photos of the girls as we were walking along. I also went and had a look at some websites. I found out that there's a museum at Berrima and it has an exhibition about these German internees. There's some artifacts there. Even though the huts have now disappeared, they do have canoes and other things that the Germans made during their time along the river.
So we're hoping to go and see that exhibition. The story really sparked our imaginations, and we wanted to find out more. There is a book we can buy as well, and I'm going to buy that when we go to the museum. And I imagine it is full of photos, the sort of photos that were on those signboards. But the photos are also available online. I clipped a lot of information from the museum website into my notebooks. I also found a lot of articles about the historical walk in our local newspaper. I have been surprised at how useful the local newspaper is. I have been uncovering a lot of local history just by reading the local newspaper. So the articles that I was reading, I also clipped into my Evernote notebook. I read a lot of the bits out aloud to the girls. I told them that I put the articles into the notebook, which I have shared with them, and they can go and reread them for themselves. And this brings me on to strewing. Sometimes when we go out on an outing like the one we had last week, and our imaginations are captured, strewing is really easy, because everybody wants to know more anyway. So my job is just to go and find out some more information and then offer it to my girls. I can offer it to them. By reading it out loud, or I can just tell them it's in the notebook. But either way, because they are so interested in the subject, they pick up on the things that I'm strewing. So that's our current topic that we're fascinated in at the moment. Another topic that we have been discussing is, of course, the Olympics. We're in the wrong hemisphere for good coverage of such things as the Olympics. Everything seems to happen while we're asleep. But every evening for the last two weeks, the girls have been sitting down with my husband and watching the Olympics from about seven o'clock in the evening. Usually, it was a summary of the day's events, and sometimes we already knew the results. But it didn't seem to matter. The girls enjoyed just sharing that experience of watching the Olympics with Andy. And that's another way of spending time with each other. I spent time as well. I sat there, even though I wasn't that interested in the Olympics. I kept one eye and one ear on what was happening on screen, so that I could join in with discussions while I was actually doing a few things on my computer. That seemed to work all right. Nobody minded me doing that. But it's good to have common things to discuss. We discussed all sorts of topics over the two weeks, such as doping. Should athletes who have cheated be given a second chance? Is it okay for clean athletes to shame those who have fallen? Are athletes pressured to take drugs? Now, some people said that we should have a no-tolerance policy: fail once and you're out for life. But what if we did that for other events in our lives? If that was the norm? If there was no such thing as being forgiven, getting a second chance, yes, lots of things we talked about. I made a list of all the topics that we discussed over the two weeks for my Evernote notebook. I also went looking for other articles to strew yet again, the same as I did for the outing we had last week. I found articles on doping, various things that people had said. Articles about the cost of the Olympics. Is it right to spend so much money on a venue that may only be used once? I am sure that most people have had some good discussions about the Olympics. 
And when I posted this question in our Not So Proper Unschoolers Facebook group, some other people stopped by to share what they were talking about in their families, and their topics were different from ours. So maybe you have been adding different notes to your records book than mine. Have you put any infographics into your notebooks? I had a look at those online, and there are numerous infographics about the Olympics. Somebody has put together the stats about every single aspect of the Games. Maybe they are a good starting point for some discussions, or maybe they illustrated something that you were talking about. Certainly, they will look good in a records book. Maps also look good. I wonder if you have clipped a Google map of Rio and the surrounding areas. And maybe also of the countries, the ones that maybe you focused on during the Olympics. Some of the countries that maybe captured your imagination or the athletes from those countries. Did you have a look at flags, maybe? And what about medals? Did you have a discussion about the medals tally system? Is it right that the country with the most gold medals wins, regardless of the overall medal number? And what about population? Should we work out the medal tally per person? Because some countries have more people, more resources than others. All these things are very interesting. So there was no shortage of things for me to record in my Evernote notebook last week. I didn't have to go looking for things that might tempt my girls. I just made notes from our life. Our life last week was doing music videos, promoting them, looking for new locations, watching the Olympics. Of course, there were music lessons as well last week, our normal reading, exercise. I think I even made a few maths notes along the way, mainly because there's a lot of maths to do with the Olympics. So last week was a very enjoyable unschooling week, but it was also a very good homeschool records week. By Friday, my notes looked fantastic. I'm sure they're going to impress an AP I wonder if sometimes we pass over occasions for making unschool record notes in our notebooks. If we don't actually see the occasion. And what comes to mind at the moment is the census. We had a census in Australia about two weeks ago. And we discussed the census, what it is, why we have one. We also discussed the terrible crashing of the website that happened after we had actually filled in our census. For the very first time, the census was done online. We did ours about 7 o'clock in the evening. But after we had done ours, apparently the website crashed and the majority of Australians couldn't fill out their census form. Well, we discussed all these issues, but at the time, I forgot to record it all in my book. It was only later, when I was Googling other things, that I stumbled across a behind-the-news a video about the census. Now, I haven't looked at the website behind the news for a long time. It's a website for children, telling the news in their language, I think. And they had some videos and some information about the census. And then all of a sudden, I thought to myself, why didn't I strew this video for the girls? Why didn't I go looking for some extra information about the census? And why didn't I make some notes on the things that we had discussed? So I'm going to go back and do that, add that to the records book. And I don't think it's too late 
to offer the video to the girls. The census is still a current topic. People still are filling out their census. I wonder actually how many people end up being part of this census because as the days go by, I think that more and more people will forget about it. They won't go back and try the website again and fill in the right information. And maybe they'll actually forget what happened on census night, who was actually at home. So the census isn't necessarily an accurate representation of life in Australia on one particular day. Something we've been discussing. So I wonder, what have you been doing in the last week? If you are required to keep unschooling records, what things have you been putting into your records book? Have you been looking for extra information to strew it in front of your children? Things that they might naturally be interested in. Because of course we don't want to force it upon them. But if something has captured their imagination, if it's something that you're currently discussing within your family, I think it's worth looking for extra things. Extend everybody's knowledge. It's not only good for the records book, it does make for a more enjoyable discussion. Gives us all more to think about, more to enjoy. I can hear my girls laughing out there. I think their writers meeting is probably coming to an end. And so I'm going to finish this podcast, hopefully edit it up quickly today, get it online. Before I finish, I would just like to invite you to come over to our Not So Proper Facebook group. I kept saying last week that it was a Facebook page. And when I listened to it later on, I thought, look, that's wrong. Of course, it's a group, not a page. But by the time I got to the editing process, it was too late to do anything about it. That's the frustrating thing about making podcasts as opposed to blog posts. Blog posts can be changed anytime. I can continually add to them or take away from them. But podcasts are out there with all the mistakes in them. But people have been kind. No one stopped by and said, hey Sue, you made a mistake there. So that's okay. So come over to Facebook. I also have my Facebook page, and it is a page, Stories of an Unschooling Family, also my blog of the same name, where I'll put some show notes. I'm sure I can add some things that I've been talking about today, maybe a few resources. And of course, if you would like to have a look at my new book, The Angels of Gumtree Road, the Kindle version is on Amazon, and the print version is on Lulu. And hopefully we'll have an Amazon print copy very soon. So I hope everybody has a happy week. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. And until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. 